I've always had the question, how do you fight with the Malach? Malach is a spiritual being. Even if it can take physical form, it's hard to understand in exactly what way Yaakov fought with the Malach. Not only that, Yaakov was injured by the Malach. And obviously we understand it's not meant to be a physical fight. It wasn't arm wrestling or some kind of boxing match. That wasn't the point. And therefore, if you're already understanding that the conflict between Yaakov and the Malach was a conflict fought on a spiritual plane, a conflict of a ruchnistic nature, then we need to understand exactly what the fight was about. And we need to understand exactly what it means that Yaakov got injured by the Malach. The Arizal tells us an amazing thing. The Mishnah at the end of Uktin, the last Mishnah in Shas, teaches, Asid HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lehanchil Lekol Tzadik V'Tzadik In the future, Hashem will grant every Tzadik 310 worlds. 310, we learn from the Pasuk, it says, Lehanchil Lo'aya Vayesh Vayotrisei Mamaleh. Yesh, what there is, the full extent of creation is 310. And in the future, every tzaddik will be given these 310 worlds to enjoy. Tharizal explains that the creation in its entirety, the 310 worlds, so to speak, can be broken into two sections. There are those parts which are good, which are tov, and in those parts which are bad. The areas where the, the tov is sholet, the tov is in power, and on the other side, those places which are given to the dominion of, of the ra, of the forces of bad. And the result says the breakup is like this. Two-thirds are for tov, and one-third is for ra. Two-thirds of 310 will come out to 207. Those are the parts of the world which are already tov. The gematria of 207 is the gematria of or, of light. And that's or zorua latzadik. The or, that part of the creation which has already been planted for the tzadik. That's the area in the world which is already good. And the job of the tzaddik is to work with that part of the world which is good, to build, to do better, to increase the amount of good in the world. And the other third remaining, the last 103 worlds, 103 dimensions, is the part which is given to the Ra. And over here, the challenge of the tzaddik is to combat the Ra. To stop the Ra from overtaking him. When a person confronts the worlds of Ra, he's acting in a defensive position. He has to protect himself against Ra. And now the question is how to do that. How does one protect himself against the onslaughts of the Ra? 
of what's bad. And the reason answer is that the side for this is emuna. Emuna. Vemunastcha baleilos. At a time of darkness, at a time when the Ra has the upper hand, so to speak, the way we remain strong, the, ma- the way we're able to withstand the Ra is by strengthening our Emunah. And therefore, the fight between Yaakov and the Malach of Esav was at night. A time when the Malach of Esav had a natural superiority over Yaakov, a natural advantage the part of the Bria which is in his hands. And Yaakov's defense was his emuna. That even in a time when the Ra seems to have the upper hand, we rely on Hashem to protect us. And that's why the gematria of emuna comes to 102. It's nearly the amount which is needed to confront and to combat the 103 forces of Ra. And if you're asking what about the last step, so to speak, the last level, that's what the Gemara says, that if not for the fact that Hashem helped the Tzadik beyond his natural ability to defeat the Ra, he wouldn't be able to. That's that last level, which is beyond what a person can achieve, and Hashem gives him Siyat Adishmai. But the job that Yaakov could do, the way Yaakov could strengthen himself was in Emunah. And now it's an interesting thing. The word used for the fight between the two of them is not the normal word of the Torah for fighting, for war. The Pasuk says, Vayayovek ish imoy. Vayayovek, Rashi says, is from the Lashon of Dust. The Gemara says that the scaffold between Yaakov and the Malach raised the dust until the Kisay are covered. And the question is, what does that mean to me? What's the significance of the fact that it was Malach Ovoch, it raised the dust? We see that the gematria of Ovoch, the dust, is 103. And that's what the Sultan tries to do. The one way he comes to manifest himself to fight is to destroy. To destroy whatever's been done. And as opposed to the Torah's word for sand, for the dust of the ground, which is offer, sand which can be used for building, when you're referring to dust as avok, it's the aftermath of destruction. When everything gets reduced to dust. That's what the Satan came to do. To be Mali Avok. To turn everything to dust. This was the first confrontation between Tov and Ra. And that's what the Satan wanted to achieve. We find the follow-on from this fight. And that was the confrontation between Eliyahu Novi and the 450 Neviye Abal at Harakarmel. There too, there was a public confrontation between Tov and Ra. And I look at an interesting thing. The Pasuk there, when it comes to describe Eliyahu's preparation for the miracle which happened, it tells us that Eliyahu built him his Bech. 
He built the altar on which he was going to bring his sacrifice. And the Pasuk says that Eliyahu took 12 avanim, 12 stones, kemis b'nei Yaakov. The mount of the sons of Yaakov. 12 stones corresponding to the 12 shvatim. But the Pasuk continues and it says, the twelve stones corresponding to the twelve sons of Yaakov that Hashem told them Yisrael will be your name. And it's surprising why that's an applicable point to mention in the context. That seems to be a irrelevant side detail. There's the twelve stones were pulled to Mizbech. Whether they were called after Yaakov or Yaakov changed his name doesn't seem to fit into the story over here. But the Torah is telling us a much deeper point. Yaakov's reward, so to speak, Yaakov's level for overcoming the angel was that his name was changed to Yisrael. When Eliyahu Anavi was coming to do the same thing, to confront the Ra, to confront the evil and overcome it, he was coming with the Shus of Yaakov whose name was changed to Yisrael, with the previous success that, Yis- that Yaakov Avinu had had in fighting the Malach. And that's why the emphasis of the Pasuk that Eliyahu took Avonim. He took stones. And this is the contrast. The Malach of Ra tries to create Avak, tries to create dust, cr- tries to cause destruction. And the opposite of destruction is being able to build. And the tools to build are to build the stones. And that's why Avonim, the stones, is also the gematria of 103. This is the counterpart to the dust of the Malach, to create stones, to build. So those are the first two fights between the Tov and the Ra. Yaakov and the Malach of Esau. Yaakov using his emunah to withstand the Malach's power over the 103 worlds and the Leo against the Nevi'ah Baal. But it goes more than that. The gematria of Baal, the specific idolatry which was then applicable, is also the gematria of 102. The Baal was a, conf- a confrontation against the Munna. And now let's look at something else. When was Eliyahu a success? When did the miracle happen? The, the Pasuk tells us, It happened at the time of Mincha. Why the time of Mincha? The Gemara says a person should always dive in the time of Mincha because that's the time that Eliyahu was answered. And what's unique about Mincha? Mincha is the time when the day starts to fade. The sun starts to set. It's a time when it would seem an opportune time for the Koychus of Ra to start regaining strength. And that's why the word Mincha is also the Gemara of 103. It's also the Gemara of 103. It's a time when the 103 worlds of the Ra starts to be more manifest and that's when Eliyahu was successful over them. And that's the second way that the Ra comes. Not, and the first way we talk about to destroy. The second way the Ra is manifest is in the amount of people 
the amount of forces that can rally. The Nevi'ah Baal to Leah was 400 plus to 1. The, the Asaph came with his 400 men. And the Ra comes in a way which shows size. Greatly it seems to outnumber the forces of Taif. This would be called the Machane. Machane, the camp of Ra. Machane, like Minche, is a Gematra 103. And about this, David Melech said, Im Tachane Olai Machane, if you make this camp come against me. David said, I'm not afraid. Why? Because Bezos and When a person has Betachan, he has Emuna, he has the ability to withstand the Machane. He has the ability to withstand the camp, the army, the whole force. That Ra, that the evil manages to rally together. That's the Mincha. The Mincha that the time of, that Eliyahu was succeeded at that time was being able to withstand the massed forces of the Ra. There was a third time. There was a third time when the Sultan came to fight. There was a third confrontation. But this time, tragically, we lost. The third occasion where there was that so to speak, head-to-head confrontation between Tovi and Ra was after Matan Torah, when Klai Yisrael were at the national high. We have been given the Torah, we are waiting to receive the Luchos, and Klai Yisrael were on an unparalleled high level. And here also the Sultan comes to attack them. But this time the Sultan wins. And this time Klai Yisrael fall. And they fall, and they create an eagle. They build the golden calf. And that's our third gematria. Egil is also gematria 103. That was when the Ra won. It was when the Ra took from us. So we see the nature of the confrontation and the mistake there that Klai Yisrael made a lack of Imuna. They thought Moshe had died. They thought they had been abandoned. And that Hashem Ki'ilu wasn't there for them, or they had no way of reaching him, that's where they fell. And the Ra could then convince him to build an Avedazar. To misuse that Koyach and build an Eagle. Now let's look at something deeper. So we understand the nature of the conflict between Yaakov and the Malach. It's not a physical wrestling match but more spiritual conflict, a, spir- a, spir- a spiritual fight. And if that's the case, then what's the significance of the fact that Yaakov got injured on his leg, on the Gil Anosha? So let's look a little bit deeper. We spoke about Emunah as being our, our shield, our strength to withstand Ra. Emunah is a big topic. And Emunah is made up of lots of small points. We know specifically that there are six different signs to Emunah. Just like any object has six sides, there are six signs to Emunah. A person has a complete Emunah Shlema when in all six sides he's developed the Emunah. For those of us who say Yom Kippur Cotton, 
we say six sukkim, starting with the word toiv. And each of them we're defining a certain aspect of our imunah. Each of them are defining a certain aspect of our imunah. When they're all there, then a person is a full imunah. And that's why toiv, the gematria of toiv is 17. If you take six times toiv, the six signs, you'll get to 102. You'll get to the gematria of imunah. So let's look at the one which is practical for us right now. Where the Satan managed to injure Yaakov, where there was something missing in Yaakov's Zimuna. Something small. But enough for the Satan to be able to put his finger on it, so to speak, and that's where Yaakov could be injured. And that was in the fourth level of Zimuna. The fourth level, which Api Kabbalah refers to the legs, the fourth level, which is the fourth pasuk, brought, and the pasuk says, "Toiv lachasayis ba'ashem yiftayach ba'adam." The toiv is to trust in Hashem and not trust in people. One of the steps of emuna is that I rely only on Hashem. I rely only on Hashem. I don't rely on man. And as much as the person wants to rely on somebody else, there's something missing in the shlemus of his emuna. And it was here that there was a tiny point, so to speak, that the Sultan could touch Yaakov for not being perfect in the Muna. And what was that? He relied on Esau's goodwill. He relied on sending a gift to Esau. And he thought that would reconcile the two of them. True, it might have been as part of his Ishtadlus. You can explain it. But it could also be understood as something, something very minuscule. Something missing that he was trusting Esau. And then he gave Esau a certain level of power. He sent Esau a mincha. The gift, which is not the normal word to Torah for a gift, but it says that he sent Esau a mincha. He gave him a certain amount of power of his 103 worlds, the mincha, by relying on him to be reconciled, to accept the gift. That was something missing in Yaakov's tov. There was something missing in the perfection of Yaakov, and that's where the Malachot hurt him. That's where he could be injured. And that's why the place of the injury is called the Gid. The Gematria of Gid is also 17. Like Tov. A place where it was Shaykh to touch Yaakov, to injure the, where the Tov wasn't completed was on the Gid and Asher. The Gid of the leg. So that's the nature of the conflict between Toiv and Ra. The nature of building the Toiv, the six sides of Toiv, which create Imuna, because building the Imuna will give us the ability to withstand the Ra, withstand the, those areas, those parts of the creation where Hashem has allowed the Ra to have the upper hand. We confront them with Imuna. And that eventually will bring to the downfall of Ra. And then the words, which were the Raz Koyach, the 103, reorganize themselves into the letters Nechama. Nechama is consolation. Consolation, when those 103 parts of the Bria, which were earmarked, so to speak, for Ra, the Ra is overcome and they go back to being Tov as well. And then, like the Mishnah says, 
HaKadosh Baruch gives every tzaddik shayu ilamis. Every tzaddik will then get not just the 207 which are already planted for the tzaddik, the arzarur tzaddik, but the whole gamut of creation, the whole 310. They all be given to the tzaddik, they all come back to being good. And to finish with a beautiful Gemara. The Gemara says that David HaMelech, when he wrote to Hillim, he waited 103 prakim until he saw the downfall of the Rishayim. It's only in the 104th parak of the Hillim, Baruch Nafshi, that David HaMelech sees, foretells the downfall of the Rishayim. And he says, Yitamu chatayim in the sinners will be destroyed from the world. The wicked are no longer there. And then Baruch Inafshis Hashem. Hallelujah. It's the first time Tehillim uses the word Hallelujah. And it's the first time David foretells the total downfall of Ra. And like the Gemara says, only after 103 Prakim. And we now understand that the 103, so to speak, is a strength given to the Rishayim. It's only once a person's confronted it and overcome those 103 levels that we can see the final downfall of the Rishayim. And then we can look forward to the Nechama. But it all goes back to being part of the Taif. And we can look forward to the reward that Hashem gives every Tzaddik 310 worlds.